0: Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading First Chronicles chapter 2 from the World English Bible. These are the sons of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Joseph, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The sons of Judah, Ur, Onan, and Shelah, which three were born to him of Shua's daughter, the Canaanitess. Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in Yahweh's sight, and he killed him. Tamar, his daughter-in-law, bore him Perez and Zerah. All the sons of Judah were five. The sons of Perez, Hezron, and Hamul; The sons of Zerah, Zimri, Ethan, Heman, Calcol, and Dara, five of them in all. The son of Carmi, Achar, the troubler of Israel, who committed a trespass in the devoted thing. The son of Ethan, Azariah. The sons also of Hezron, who were born to him, Jerameel, Ram, and Chelubai. Ram became the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab became the father of Nashon, prince of the children of Judah. And Nashon became the father of Salma, and Salma became the father of Boaz, and Boaz became the father of Obed, and Obed became the father of Jesse. And Jesse became the father of his firstborn, Eliab, and Abinadab the second, and Shimei the third, Nathanael the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozzam the sixth, David the seventh. And their sisters were Zeruiah and Abigail. The sons of Zeruiah, Abishai, Joab, and Asahel, three. Abigail bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jether the Ishmaelite. Caleb, the son of Hezron, became the father of the children of Azubah, his wife, and of Jerioth, and these were her sons Jeshur, Shobab, and Ardon. Azuba died, and Caleb married Ephrath, who bore him Hur. Hur became the father of Uri, and Uri became the father of Bezalel. Afterward, Hezron went into the daughter of Machir, the father of Gilead, whom he took as wife when he was sixty years old and she bore him Segub. Segub became the father of Jair, who had twenty-three cities in the land of Gilead. Gesher and Aram took the towns of Jair from them with Kenneth and its villages, even sixty cities. All these were the sons of Mekir, the father of Gilead. After Hezron died in Caleb Ephrathah, Abijah, Hezron's wife, bore him Asher, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jeremiel, the firstborn of Hezron, were Ram, the firstborn, Buna, Oren, ozam and Ahijah. Jeremiel had another wife whose name was Atara. She was the mother of Onam. The sons of Ram, the firstborn of Jeremiel, were Maaz, Jamin, and Eker. The sons of Onam were Shammai and Jadah. The sons of Shamai, Nadab and Abishur, the name of the wife of Abishur was Abihail, and she bore him Aban and Molad. The sons of Nadab, Selad and Apaim. but Selad died without children. The son of Apaim, Ishi, the son of Ishi, Shishan, the son of Shishan, Alei, the sons of Jada, the brother of Shamai, Jether and Jonathan. And Jether died without children. The sons of Jonathan, Peleth, and Zazah. These were the sons of Jeremiel. Now Shishan had no sons but daughters. Shishan had a servant, an Egyptian, whose name was Jarha. Shishan gave his daughter to Jarha his servant as wife, and she bore him Atai. Atai became the father of Nathan, and Nathan became the father of Zabed, and Zabed became the father of Ephlal. And Ephlal became the father of Obed. And Obed became the father of Jehu, and Jehu became the father of Azariah. And Azariah became the father of Hellas, and Hellas became the father of Elahasa. And Elahasa became the father of Sismai, and Sismai became the father of Shalom. And Shalom became the father of Jechamiah, and Jechamiah became the father of Elishamah. The sons of Caleb, the brother of Jeremiel, were Misha, his firstborn, who was the father of Ziph, and the sons of Merisha, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron: Korah, Tepua, Rechem, and Shema. Shema became the father of Raham, the father of Jorchem, and Rechem became the father of Shamei. The son of Shamei was Maon, and Maon was the father of Zur. Ephah, Caleb's concubine, bore Haran, Mosa, and Gezez, and Haran became the father of Gezez. The sons of Jadai, Regum, Jothan, Gishan, Pelet, Ephah, and Sha'af. Ma'aka, Caleb's concubine, bore Sheber and Tirhana. She bore also Sha'af, the father of Madmana, Shiva, the father of Machbenah, and the father of Gibeah and the daughter of Caleb was Aksah. These were the sons of Caleb, the son of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, Shobal, the father of kiriath Jirim, Salma, the father of Bethlehem, and Heraph, the father of Beth-Gadir. Shobal, the father of kiriath Jirim, had sons, Haroah, half of the Menahoth. The families of kiriath Jirim, the Ithrites, the Puthites, the Shamathites and the Mishraites. From them came the Zorothites and the Eshtaolites. The sons of Salma, Bethlehem, the Nidophethites, Atroth, Beth, Joab, and half of the Manahathites, the Zorites. The families of scribes who lived at Jabez, the Tirathites, the Shimeathites, and the Sukkothites. These are the Kenites who came from Hamath the father of the house of Rechab. That is the end of chapter two. Well, one thing is obvious. They reused names. Now, I did find one chart that seems to do a decent job of mapping out these lineages. And I tried to follow it through. It does include references to, for instance, also chapter four of First Chronicles. But I will try and put a photo of other notes I made on that. This chapter begins with a list of the sons of Israel, which is probably the most common list in the whole Bible. The first complete list like this is in Genesis chapter 35, verses 22 through 26. And then if you want the detailed story of Tamar, that is in Genesis 38. One of the main points of that story, which is also alluded to here, is that the evil sons that were born of Judah's Canaanite wife are not in the lineage of David or Jesus. One emphasis of this first part of the chapter seems to be to mention famous people, because first we have Achan referred to also as Achar, which seems to be a play on words as actually meaning troubler. And you can find that story in Joshua chapter seven, verses six through eight. Well, not the whole story, but the, the lineage of Achan and what he did. Um, how he got called to account there. And you can also notice that the son of Zerah is referred to as as either Zabdi or Zimri. It's not clear why, but it seems pretty clear he is. And then in verse 20, we will get the lineage very specifically of Bezalel, even though um, they won't go into the rest of that lineage and the descendants of Judah later. But this is because of Bezalel's role in the tabernacle. The Spirit was poured on him particularly to design and to do craftsmanship, as is spoken of in Exodus 31.2. So in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verses 9 through 15 are all about the lineage of David. This is where some confusion with comparing it to 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 through 11 comes up, where it shows David as the eighth son. I refer you to the Chronology of the Old Testament page 94. It is not the only place where it is said that a younger son dying without children has no genealogical importance. And he points out that 1st Chronicles is written about 500 years after Samuel. Now I think this can be compared to other places where it says a couple of sons, a couple of um, men are listed as not having offspring. And that is probably because they lived long enough that someone might think they were offspring of theirs, but it needed to be clarified they were not. In this section, David's sisters are also mentioned because their sons figure, predomin- figure prominently in David's reign as mighty warriors. Second Samuel 17.25 says that Abigail David's sister was the daughter of Nahash, So some people wonder if at least she and possibly both of his sisters being older were sons of uh, his mother's previous marriage because Nahash appears to be a man's name. I have run across several names that were used as either a man's or a woman's name, so I'm not completely convinced of that, except that Nahash apparently means serpent in Hebrew, which seems like a strange name to give to anybody. But one way or another, they were David's sisters. And then verse 17 here, where it says that Abigail bore Amasa, brings up another puzzle because here it says that the father of Amasa was Jether the Ishmaelite. But if you look in the same verses, in the same verse, 2 Samuel 17, 25, it says he was the son of Ithra, an Israelite. This is probably as good a place as any to bring up the fact that the use of someone being the father or the son in many places in this gene- genealogy is meant to be descended from, unless it specifically says something like he was the firstborn of so-and-so. I don't know who it was that pointed out that in this context, in this history of Israel, to point out that Ithra was an Israelite is a little bit odd, and it's almost like he was a proselyte, like possibly Rahab or Ruth that got assimilated into Israel because he was faithful, he wanted to follow God. So it's possible that he was both an Ishmaelite and an Israelite in that context, but then you have the distinction between the two names that's not clear, at least not to me. So there are some puzzles here for people to figure out going back to First Chronicles chapter 2, verses 18, 42, and 49, reference a Caleb. Since both Caleb and Jeremiel are spoken of as sons of Hezron in verses 18 and 25, this seems to be the same Caleb in both cases. And since this Caleb is of the tribe of Judah, the obvious question is, how does this relate to Caleb, who is called the son of Jephunneh in 1 Chronicles four fifteen through 16, but whom has different sons listed? And um, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, is the one mentioned in Numbers 13 and 32. It wouldn't be that confusing except that in verse 49, after mentioning this first Caleb's concubines and his other sons, it says, and the daughter of Caleb was Aksa. And the only other place we hear that name is when Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, gives his daughter Aksa to Othniel for winning battles. That happens in Joshua 15, 16. And notably there, it says that Othniel is the son of Canaz, the brother of Caleb, Caleb who is nowhere mentioned in this genealogy right here in the second chapter of 1 Chronicles. Seeing how names are repeated throughout this genealogy, for instance, when it lists the very specific sons born from Hezron, it only lists Jeremiel, Chelubai, who doesn't seem to be mentioned again, and Ram. And then you also have Jerumiel naming one of his sons Ram. So it seems very likely to me that the Caleb being mentioned here in chapter two did have a daughter named Aksa. And then somewhere in the family of Judah, because they're all from Judah, there was another Caleb who also liked that name. That seems like the easiest explanation to me. Another question is then, why is this Caleb the spy not linked to any of these names in this genealogy? Because you do get some of the people of his generation, those who came out of the land of Egypt, listed here. For instance, we have Nashon, who is listed a number of times in the book of Numbers, haha, as being one of the principal men, one of the princes at the time when they were building the t- tabernacle and offering all of the sacrifices. But apparently, all we need to know is that this Caleb, the son of Jephunneh's lineage, has been established as belonging to Judah, and we aren't given all of the pieces to that. But maybe more about that will come to light when we're reading through chapter 4. Verse 21 is curious because it shows Hezron having children past the age of 60, and verse 24 indicates that he was someone who traveled outside of Egypt at least some since he died in Caleb Ephrathah, although I couldn't find any source that knew where that was. Verse 34 talks about this guy Shishan having no sons right after verse 31, which names his son as Alei. One possible explanation for this is that according to the law, Uh, that came up that was established for the daughters of Zelophehad in Numbers 26 through 27, that this daughter could have been designated legally as his heir, so translated son, and then given the inheritance, and then the rest of his offspring are listed through her marriage to his apparently very faithful servant that he trusted. In verse 38, it mentions a Jehu, another example of names used over and over. Jehu was a prophet in First 1 Kings 16.1, um, which is a much later time period, and there was also the Jehu anointed by Elisha's ambassador, one of the sons of the prophets, in Second Kings 9, who uh, worked out justice uh, for God on Ahab's family. But the genealogies for the line of David and Jesus, as they are begun here, are clear. It seems Ezra also wanted to establish who was really suited to take on the tasks of rebuilding, according to Israel being God's chosen, their elect as a nation to do this. But while all scripture is from God, God God-breathed and profitable, as it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, 1 Timothy 1.4, so also Paul, gives a warning about getting caught up in endless genealogies. Is he referring to these genealogies? Maybe not, but Titus 3.9, also written by Paul, says, But avoid foolish questions, genealogies, and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Now, the law and the genealogies are not unprofitable, but foolish questions and contentions and strivings surrounding them are. I know that as I look more closely at these details, I'm both fascinated and I see things about God and his meticulous care and attention, but what I don't understand, and whether I will or not, I don't know, does not detract from the obvious truth and the already verified reliability of Scripture. Again, the gospel is simple and clear enough, unchanging for a child to understand and hope in but God is still making himself and his plans for the ages known. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.